All around the world, engineers and architects, constructors and owner-operators are using Bentley software solutions to design, build and operate better and more resilient infrastructure that sustains our economy and our environment. Together, we are advancing infrastructure. Welcome to the latest episode of the Engineers Collective podcast from New Civil Engineer with me, New Civil Engineer Assistant News Editor Rob Hakimian. On this month's episode, we're going to be discussing safety in construction and how sharing one's experience of safety issues resulting from substandard workmanship is a valuable and important practice. The central hub for sharing these observations and warnings is Cross Safety UK, that's where Cross stands for Collaborative Reporting for Safer Structures. Cross is an online platform where engineers and construction professionals can anonymously report on hazardous failures they have discovered during their work, detailing their findings, what should have been done differently, and warning others to look out for similar issues in their own daily work. Cross has risen in importance over the last decade or more, playing a key role in the reporting around the Grenfell tragedy and the recent rat crisis, both of which we will talk about in more detail with our guest. And our guest today is Paul Livesey, the Scheme Manager at Cross. Paul is a chartered structural engineer with over 30 years of experience as a consultant engineer and project manager within the building sector. He has also been technical director at several leading civil and structural engineering consultancies with responsibility for technical excellence and project delivery from concept design through to construction. In his current role at Cross, Paul is responsible for the overall management of the organisation and works closely with the various stakeholders and expert panels. He is described as being passionate about ensuring that knowledge is shared, best practices adopted and lessons are learned to promote safety across the industry. Paul, welcome to the Engineers Collective. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. Are you well? Very well, very well. So I thought we'd better start with the basics for those who are unfamiliar with Cross. Can you tell us a bit about what it is, when it was established and why? Yeah, sure. So uh, Cross, it's a unique safety reporting system, which is jointly owned by the Institution of Structural Engineers and the Institution of Civil Engineers. Our name, as you suggested, is an acronym of Collaborative Reporting for Safer Structures. And for over 40 years, we've published reports, alerts and topic papers and interacted with industry professionals and government on matters related to structural safety. Although we've had a few name changes over our history. Our roots date back to 1976, when the Institution of Structural Engineers and the Institution of Civil Engineers jointly founded SCOS. SCOS was the Standing Committee on Structural Safety and it was set up by the institutions in response to the collapse of Ronan Point in 68 and the collapse of several box girder bridges around the world in the early 1970s. The purpose of SCOS was to identify in advance trends and developments which might contribute to an increased risk to structural safety. In 2005, CROSS was launched and was based upon the successful, the successful uh, launch of confidential reporting in the aviation sector. The acronym at this time stood for Confidential Reporting for Safer Structures. In 2021, we expanded to cover fire safety reporting in addition to structural safety reporting. And it was at this point that the name changed to Collaborative Reporting for Safer Structures. The name CROSS was maintained, but the acronym was reworded to better reflect our wider remit. 
Our goal is to be a forum for sharing knowledge to help create a safer built environment. And we do this primarily through the reports we receive, review and publish. What CROSS does is to provide a confidential way for professionals to report safety issues, all within a no-blame culture. Reporting is confidential and we receive reports relating to fire safety and structural safety and reports generally relate to concerns, near misses and other incidents. And we take reports on buildings and other structures, including infrastructure. So no issue is too big or too small to report. And often it's the lesser issues that can create the most interesting reports. Reports are submitted through our website and then they are anonymised and de-identified to ensure that no person, location, company or product can be identified in the final report. We have a group of industry-leading experts who review the anonymised reports and they use their experience to identify key lessons and what can be learned from the reports. The report and expert panel comments are combined into a cross-safety report, which is published on our website and shared freely with industry and other industry parties. Cross reports contain priceless experiences, insights and expert commentary that have been read by thousands of professionals, increasing safety knowledge across the sector and, we hope, avoiding similar safety issues occurring again. Our mission statement is to share knowledge to help create a safer built environment, which I think sums up what we're trying to achieve. And since the establishment of CROSS, what has been the sector's response and how has it grown? Well, when it first started as, as SCOS, um, I think it was quite a small, a small group of experts who were concerned about what was going on in the industry. And obviously they could only um, put their experiences um, and report upon their experiences. So they decided to copy the aviation sector's model for um for confidential reporting and to try and get other people within the industry to report their issues and concerns so obviously that was uh, 17 years ago and it started um very small with one engineer working off his kitchen table uh, trying to promote cross and trying to get reports in and then over the years it it's slowly grown and we've built trust and uh, people have started to submit more and more. And um, since Grenfell, we've expanded uh, substantially because there has been a lot of government investment, which um, I'm sure we'll discuss later. It must also help to have the ICE and the ISTRUCT backing up CROSS. Uh, absolutely. Having the backing of, of two major institutions to support this um, has, has been key to the development because we can use the influence of the institutions and um, and we need experts to review the reports. So the both institutions obviously contain uh, experts in many different subjects in the field of civil and structural engineering. And we can use we can use um, the institutions to call upon those experts to contribute. So today, CROSS has received, reviewed and published um, over 700 safety reports. And we understand that to grow CROSS further, people have to be aware of CROSS and trust what we do. The first step is awareness, and we increase the awareness of CROSS through a number of activities. We publish quarterly newsletters distributed to our subscribers and via social media. We provide continuing professional development lectures explaining CROSS to companies, practices and leadership groups. We regularly speak at conferences and seminars. Our reports are published in many industry journals and magazines, and we write subject-specific articles too. 
We've produced a series of videos explaining CROSS, which are available on our website and on YouTube. We have a strong social media presence on LinkedIn and Twitter, or X as it's called now, and occasionally we feature in podcasts too. So once people are aware of us, the next step is for people to trust us. We foster this trust by ensuring confidentiality for all who report to CROSS. We want people to know we're a safe place for reporting concerns. It's important that we are considered as a place of technical excellence too, and for people to understand that sharing lessons learned is our objective. We are not looking to apportion blame. So if people are aware of CROSS and trust us, then the hope is that they will report the issues they see and the concerns they have. However, we are aware of several barriers to reporting. People sometimes worry their concerns are not important enough, but this is not the case. Smaller concerns can be indicators of a larger issue, and we use all the submissions we get to identify common trends and scan the horizon for future concerns. We know people can be short on time. Everyone is busy, so we've designed a system for submitting a report that is quick and efficient. People can be concerned about repercussions, And this is why confidentiality and trust are so important. We're not a whistleblowing service. We simply want to share knowledge and lessons learned to improve safety. We know it's tempting to think that somebody else will do it. But again, this is not the case. We need a culture shift in the industry and people's thinking to a position where people's thoughts are of sharing their insights in recognition of the value of sharing lessons learned. Each year, we receive more and more reports and more interesting cross. The expansion into the fire sector has been a great success, and we're now receiving almost as many reports regarding fire safety as structural safety. The expansion has also expanded interest from our traditional audience of structural and civil engineers. Cross is for all those who work in the development and management of the built environment. However, there's still a long way to go. We depend upon industry professionals, people like some of your listeners, to access our safety information and submit their safety concerns. CROSS has now spread internationally. Which countries does it now operate within and does it work much in the same way as it does here in the UK? Yeah, sure. So in 2018, the Australian branch of the Institution of Structural Engineers formed CROSS Australasia, which receives reports from Australia and New Zealand. And the following year, the Structural Engineering Institute of the American Society of Civil Engineers formed Cross US. The other regions, they operate in much the same way as Cross UK, each with its own leadership teams and a voluntary panel of experts who review and comment on the reports. Currently, Cross US and Cross Australasia only deal with structural safety reports, although they are exploring expanding into fire safety reporting too. Both regions have received fire safety reports and in these few cases the reports have been processed by the Cross UK fire team. We work collaboratively and can call upon the expertise of the other regions when necessary. Lessons learned in other regions are also very relevant here and therefore all international reports can be searched and viewed on our website. All our regions share our common website but with region specific homepages. Both the schemes in Australasia and the United States are run entirely by volunteers. Two of Cross US's directors, Glenn Bell and Judith Matrani Reisner, are leading the NIST investigation into the collapse of Champlain Towers South in Florida. NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technology in the US 
and the collapse of the 12-storey Champlain Towers condominium in 2019 led to the loss of 98 lives. There will be many lessons to be learned when the final report is published, which will be relevant for structures around the world. This highlights the importance of sharing lessons learned across international borders. Cross recently hosted a lecture in London, which I chaired, where structural engineer and senior investigator Gary Klein shared details of the investigation, findings and the theory of the collapse of Champlain Towers. The findings suggest that the collapse was due to poor initial design, poor construction, the addition of more load to the critical poolside slab and concerns over maintenance. These are all common themes of Cross's reports and the concurrence of all these failings led to the collapse of the building. There are significant lessons to be learned from this collapse, regardless of where in the world it occurred. We also have interest in expanding Cross from other countries too, including Germany, France and South Africa. We've been in discussions with the German Proof Engineering Association for some time now, and it's hoped that these will come to fruition before too long. Engineers across the world see the positives of sharing lessons learned, and they see how Cross is doing this. There is an opportunity for significant further international expansion. One of the big moments in the history of Cross UK came with the publication of the Hackett Report into the Grenfell tragedy. Can you tell me about how the recommendations from that report changed Cross remit? Well, at the time of the Grenfell fire tragedy, Cross was in operation to deal with structural safety issues, and it was very much seen as a resource for structural and civil engineers. In the immediate aftermath of the disaster, Dame Judith Hackett carried out her review of building regulations and fire safety, which became known as the Hackett Report. And Dame Judith was highly critical of the industry, an industry that I was part of. She concluded that the current system of building regulations and fire safety is not fit for purpose and that a culture change is required to support the delivery of buildings that are safe, both now and in the future. She commented on unclear roles and responsibilities ambiguous regulations and guidance, patching, patchy competence across the system, poor product testing and labelling, and poor record keeping and change control. Many working in the industry agreed with her findings. However, in her report, Cross was singled out as an exemplar of industry taking responsibility for their actions. Dame Judith identified 52 recommendations, all of which the government accepted and many were implemented via the Building Safety Act. But one of her recommendations was that Cross should be strengthened and extended in scope. So with grant funding support from relevant government departments, Cross developed a new website and safety report management system, and we built a mirror of the existing structural safety process to deal with reports relating to fire safety. To extend into the fire community, the Institution of Structural Engineers and the Institution of Civil Engineers sought the insistence of the Institution of Fire Engineers. Our two lead fire safety consultants are well-known, trusted professionals, one being the current president of the Institution of Fire Engineers, the other a recent past president. They identify key areas that the fire safety expert panel would need to cover and they recruited volunteers to make up the fire panel. So the fire sector has responded very well to the initiative. All the main fire publications are giving cross space on a regular basis, along with direct invitations into critical areas such as the National Fire Chiefs Council, the Fire Sector Federation, the Fire Protection Association, and of course, the Institution of Fire Engineers. 
cross-launched the new website together with the expansion into fire safety reporting in 2021. And we've received over 50 fire safety reports since the launch. Those published have had a notable impact and informed debate in the industry. We continue to engage with the fire sector and promote the advantages of sharing lessons learned. And we expect fire safety reporting to grow significantly over the next few years. We expect to see more reports related to the occupation phase of a building specific to fire safety, whereas most structural reports relate to the design and construction phases. Cross has been around since 2005. Would we have received reports regarding concerns about how we were cladding buildings if we had taken reports relating to fire safety back then? It's not possible to answer that question, but there were no methods for fire safety professionals to confidentially submit their concerns prior to Cross expanding into fire safety. Since implementing Hackett's recommendations, we now work much more collaboratively with other disciplines, including fire engineers, architects, surveyors, building engineers, and those that manage buildings, to name but a few. And Cross has also played a significant role in reporting on the reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete or rack crisis, which has recently been hitting the headlines in the mainstream media, and I understand has been keeping you personally very busy, Paul. Looking at the Cross website, I see that the first report on rack dates back to 2007, but it was your Cross alert from 2019 that really brought the issue more to light. How quickly did you at Cross realise that this was going to be a widespread and ongoing concern? So it, it certainly has been keeping um, us busy at Cross over the past month or so since um, since it broke in the media. Um, I mean, actually, the, the first warning from Cross, or SCOS as it was then, dates back to 1999, when the Standing Committee on Structural Safety recommended that owners of both school and non-school buildings that have rat roof planks have their buildings inspected. And this concurred with the recommendations of the building research establishment from around the same time, which also recommended that regular inspections should be undertaken. So as you say, the first cross report submitted on the issue of rat planks was in 2007. And we've also published a number of reports since then as well. The 2007 report is a very interesting report, as the reporter describes their experience of rat planks during the construction of a building in 1970. The reporter was so concerned with their experience that they felt it worthy of a cross report 30 years later. The reporter described how a rat plank failed and fell to the ground during construction. Luckily, nobody was injured. And when they investigated the failure, they found that the reinforcement in the plank did not extend to the bearing ends and the plank had failed in shear. After further investigation, they had to condemn 30% of all the roof planks due to poor manufacturing quality. This is interesting because a significant contributing factor to the current concerns is due to poor manufacturing, with reinforcement not necessarily being located over the critical bearing supports. Other contributing factors to the concerns are poor construction practices leading to a reduced end bearing length, the degradation of the reinforcement due to water ingress, a lack of maintenance, ill-considered alterations and long-term creep of the planks. All this has led to the perfect storm we are experiencing now. So the 2007 report could be considered as a precursor to a more significant event. And indeed a more significant event did happen with the collapse of a rack plank at Singlewell Primary School in Kent in 2018. Luckily, the collapse occurred at the weekend and nobody was hurt. 
It was this event in the public domain, together with previous cross reports, that triggered the release of our safety alert on rack planks in 2019. We published cross safety alerts to raise awareness of safety issues, which are considered to be critical and time sensitive. Alerts are based on the reports we receive and information in the public domain. The 2018 collapse was of concern because it was a brittle failure. The panel failed in sheer at its supports without warning. Our safety alert was targeted at owners of buildings dating from the 60s to the 80s and to building surveyors, architects, structural and civil engineers, facilities managers and maintenance organisations. The alert drew attention to the recent collapse in Kent, called for rat planks to be identified and inspected and ultimately for consideration to be given for their replacement. Could we have acted more quickly in getting an alert out to industry? Well, I think this shows the importance of people reporting safety concerns. We have anecdotal evidence that people were concerned with the degradation of rat planks before the 2018 collapse, but not a significant number of reports submitted prior to 2018. If all the knowledge of rat planks out there was shared earlier, then perhaps an alert could have been issued earlier. Everybody is now aware of rat planks, and this is partly due to our safety alert but primarily due to the recent press coverage following the Department for Education's decision to close a number of schools this summer. Awareness and education are everything. Do you think the news of RAC should have become more widespread and more proactive mitigations taken quicker following the reports? And do you think the industry could have done more? It's an interesting question. There have, to date, been few recorded incidents of RAC plank failures in comparison to the huge number of planks that are out there. And luckily, there is no record of anybody being injured from a collapsing rack plank. It is worth noting again that the BRE, the Building Research Establishment's 1996 report on rack planks, although suggesting that they did not pose a safety hazard, did suggest that roofs incorporating rack planks should be regularly inspected and their condition assessed. So as far back as 1996, there was technical advice for those responsible to inspect their buildings. The collapse of the roof panel at the school in Kent in 2018 was a wake-up call. This led directly to the cross-safety alert in 2019. And it was our alert that triggered the formation of the Institution of Structural Engineers Study Group on rack planks. And the institution has put a call out for those with experience in rack to come together and share their experiences. And it was only this pooling of knowledge in a timely manner that led to the publication of the institution's guidance on how to investigate and assess rack planks. The situation is constantly changing, with several failures reported this year that caused the Department for Education to close a number of schools. However, because of the cross-alert, the technical advice is current and freely available, and there is an active panel of experts reviewing it constantly. Since our 2019 alert, Cross has also been uh, working with the Department for Education, the NHS and the Cabinet Office, discussing proposals for how estates can be best investigated to assess if they have any rack. We've also worked with the National Federation of Roofing Contractors in developing an alert for their members. So a lot of work by many parties has been proceeding in the background before the issue came to light in the mainstream media. The Cross Alert on Rack is a great example of how the sharing of information can work well. We can raise the alert and the professional engineering institutions can advise on technical matters, but ultimately it is up to those responsible for the management of buildings to act. Well, those are both very important, Rack and 
Grenfell. What what are some of the other really important cross reports that have been submitted in the last few years? So I think it's important to say that all cross reports have important lessons uh, to learn attached to them. And the recent recur- uh, concerns regarding rat planks in schools also highlight the issues of the long-term deterioration of structures exacerbated by a lack of maintenance. There was a great deal of necessary, de- necessary development after the Second World War, and much of our infrastructure is now well over 50 years old. Reflecting this, Cross received a safety report earlier this year regarding the collapse of an unusual hybrid concrete and steel strand truss within a school hall. Luckily, the roof collapsed outside of school hours. The truss was unusual in that it had a precast concrete top cord and verticals with a bottom cord of tensioned steel strands. It is believed that the anchorage of the tensioned strands slipped suddenly without warning, causing the truss to collapse. It is known that the truss was between 60 to 70 years old and therefore beyond reasonable expectations of its original service life. The report raises the importance of undertaking regular inspections and assessments of existing buildings and infrastructure and undertaking risk assessments for unusual forms of construction where there is a life safety risk uh, should they fail. As a society, we must recognise that our infrastructure is ageing and we have an ongoing need for regular competent inspections and maintenance. There are certain topics that come up again and again in cross reports. And one of these that has featured recently is the design and construction of masonry retaining walls. If you walk any urban area, you will see many examples of freestanding or retaining masonry walls failing. Often the culprit is trees pushing them over. But many of these walls are not designed to resist the forces to which they are subjected. There is a misguided belief outside the engineering community that masonry must be strong. Subsequently, Many of these walls are built without any competent design. Often small retaining walls are ancillary to a main project and are either not designed or perhaps designed by a less experienced engineer without any suitable oversight. Unfortunately, this can have tragic consequences. In 2008, a three-year-old girl was crushed to death in Wales when a five-foot-tall wall collapsed onto a public footpath. The wall was built without any expert advice and the builder was jailed for two years for gross negligence manslaughter. Cross has previously published a safety alert on masonry walls to raise awareness of the issues. And the recent press media coverage of RAC has led to our safety reports on the subject being very popular. Indeed, our most viewed report ever was only recently published and describes a RAC assessment being undertaken by a person not suitably experienced. The report describes how a roof was justified as being safe by undertaking calculations using proprietary software and analysing the rack as though it was normal concrete. This was despite them correctly identifying that the roof was rack. It is thought that the person undertaking the assessment was not a professionally qualified civil or structural engineer and clearly they did not understand the significant differences in material properties between rack and normal structural concrete. With the current need for the investigation and assessment of rat roofs across the country, it is is critical that building owners and managers understand the need to appoint competent engineers to undertake the task. So what are we learning from our reports over the 18 years CROSS has been operational? I'm sure that many of these will not surprise you. The overarching lesson 
is that similar issues occur again and again. There is inadequate communication, particularly at interfaces, and divided responsibilities. Tasks are being undertaken by those not suitably competent to perform them, and there is ongoing concern about the degradation of older structures coupled with a lack of maintenance. Changes in architectural or construction trends can have unforeseen consequences. There is a poor understanding of computer analysis and design, and this is a very common theme of our reports. There is a shortage of suitably qualified and experienced engineers, leading to safety critical decisions being made by others. There is a lack of competent site supervision and inspection, and this is coupled with inadequate quality assurance and checking. And added to the technical problems are the human traits of carelessness and ignorance. However, it is important to say that the vast majority of buildings and infrastructure are designed and constructed safely. And lastly, for those listeners who would like to read some of the reports on CROSS and perhaps submit some of their own, how do they go about that and what's the process like? Well, firstly, I should say that we welcome submissions from any professionals working in the built environment. We receive reports from professionals who work with infrastructure, buildings and other structures. And this includes anyone with an interest in or responsibility for structural or fire safety. All our reports, alerts and topic papers are freely available to view on our website at cross-safety.org. Once there, you can search our database for reports and you also have the opportunity to register with CROSS. If you do this, you'll receive our quarterly newsletter, which contains our latest safety reports and you'll receive any safety alerts direct to your inbox, although we don't bombard you with email. You can submit your safety reports via our website too. On our homepage, you can click the share a safety issue button and this will take you to our online portal for the submission of safety reports. We'll ask you about the type of safety issue, whether it's fire safety or structural safety. Then we'll ask you about the type of building or structure involved. You can then type your concerns into the text boxes provided or you can upload pre-created files describing the issue you wish to report. We do ask for some contact details but I'd like to reassure listeners that this information will be treated as highly confidential. It will only be viewed by certain designated people in Cross's team and will be deleted from our systems after the report is published. The submission of a report is quick and straightforward and we encourage anyone with information to share to submit a report. Our website contains further details and a video explaining the process further. However, once you receive a safety report, it passes through a number of stages before it is published. The first stage is triage, and this is where we assess if the report is within the scope of CROSS. For example, we don't deal with live safety issues. In these cases, we will try to help a reporter to manage the issue, but we don't have any power to intervene. If we are satisfied that the topic is suitable for processing, we may contact the reporter and potentially ask for further information or to clarify a point. The submitted report is then anonymised by certain designated people within the CROSS team. We remove, we remove all names, locations, product details and company details to create the, the anonymous report. Confidentiality is important to us. The anonymised report is then passed to our expert panels for review and they use their experience to help readers understand what can be learned from the report. All the expert panel comments are then collated by the CROSS team to create a single document that includes key learning outcomes, the reporter's report and the expert panel comments. 
A final technical and legal review of the report is undertaken before it is returned to the reporter for their comment. The report is then published on our website for, us, for others to learn from. Reports are the lifeblood of CROSS. But why should you submit a report? Well, ultimately, we're looking to make structures safer, to reduce injuries and to save lives. Some of the benefits of safety reporting include the promotion of cultural change, identifying precursors to bigger events, improving competence, sharing lessons learned and informing regulatory change. Reports help us and the industry to undertake horizon scanning, which is looking for future issues or disasters, for the unknowns and hopefully stopping the next Grenfell. There are also personal benefits to safety reporting. These include continuous learning and development, keeping up to date with emerging safety issues, improving knowledge of safety and keeping professionals up to date about current best practice. By sharing knowledge, we all help to create a safer built environment. We want professionals to use the information we publish to make structures safer and ultimately to save lives and reduce injuries. So if you've seen or experienced a fire safety or structural safety issue, please submit a report to CROSS. Your report can make a difference and will promote positive cultural change. Thank you, Paul. That was all very interesting and important for the safety of everyone, not just for those who work within the construction and infrastructure sectors, but for everyone who uses buildings and structures which is essentially everyone thanks also to all of you listening and please do follow the advice in this podcast share it and spread the lessons and awareness of cross as a service and you can join me rob hakimian again in a month for the next episode of the engineers collective all around the world Engineers and architects, constructors and owner-operators are using Bentley software solutions to design, build and operate better and more resilient infrastructure that sustains our economy and our environment. Together, we are advancing infrastructure.